0: In the U.S. alone, more than 1.7 million people are diagnosed with cancer each year. Millions more are impacted as they watch someone close battle this disease. Shaking Cancer is an effort to tell the stories that counter the effects of this relentless and unforgiving disease. This is the Shaking Cancer Podcast. There are so many emotions when it comes to cancer, and I am feeling all of those emotions as I start this journey of trying to tell my story, but then also listen to the stories of others through this Shaking Cancer podcast. So before we get into all of your stories, I thought I would share my story. My background in a journalism and communications field for so many years has been to get to a point where I share my story so that others feel willing to share their story. That has come in different forms and fashions, but it's always been a staple of who I am and what I like to present myself as to people. So people see that I'm genuine and that I'm not just trying to get a story out of them, but then don't have anything to share with them as well. I have been thinking about this idea for years. It has been in my head. It has gone on and off. The switch has gone on and off. And... I decided at some point that this was the time to take a chance and start to share this story. As nervous as I am about sharing the story, and as nervous as I am about asking all of you to share your stories, this was the time to begin to tell this story, and hopefully it will help others as well. This is the Shaking Cancer Podcast. Before we get into too many items down the road, I want to start with three notes about me and about this podcast that I thought would be important as we move forward. The first is that I've never been diagnosed with cancer. I've lost both of my parents to cancer before I was 30 years old. That is my experience with cancer. So a lot of the stories that I'll tell will be related to that experience. The second thing is that I'm going to refer to my mother and my father as mom and dad a lot. When you hear mom and dad, you know that I'm talking about my mom and dad. I want you to get to know them as mom and dad for all the good and all the bad. They were mom and dad to me, so I will talk about them just like that and be as natural as possible. The final thing is that I in no way am an expert. I won't pretend to be an expert. You won't ever get the feeling that I think I'm the expert. If you do, I've gone down the wrong path. I'm not the expert what you feel, how you react, how you cope, and how you live when cancer enters your life, or if it's entered your life years ago and you're still living with it, that is completely you. My story is to hopefully bring your story forward. And I hope that we build this community and we begin to tell our stories and find ways to shake cancer. So where does the name come from? Where does shaking cancer come from? Well, that's what my story is. And I wanted to share that with you before hopefully this continues to grow and we continue to collect more of your stories. So my story starts with mom. Mom had been diagnosed with uh, cancer years before she passed away. She had undergone a surgery there was hope that the surgery had done everything that it needed to do and that she would be cancer free. The cancer came back at some point, mom underwent chemotherapy and various types of treatment for uh, a few years uh, and passed away in 2012. Now, there were different ups and downs and I can share all the details about mom to give you that story as to everything that she went through and the different types of treatment And that the first doctor she spoke with gave her less than a year to live. And she lived for almost three years after that. But I want to share the story of where shaking cancer comes from. And that takes us to the final three weeks of her life. So on January 1st of 2012, I moved in with mom to help take care of her. And her condition had gotten progressively worse. I had seen her over Christmas And then when I saw her on New Year's Day, her condition had gotten worse just from that point in that week. There was a feeling that she had months to live. She only wound up having three weeks to live after uh, I had seen her full-time, 24-7 at her house. Her condition in her final three weeks just continued to deteriorate. It was getting to a point where she was starting to lose the ability to do certain things Um, such as every trip up the steps was a problem when we had gotten to a point where there was just really nothing else that we could do to help keep her comfortable at home. And that we needed outside help. We had discussed the idea of using hospice. Hospice had helped my father in his final days when he died from cancer in 2003 and dad didn't know anything about hospice. Mom didn't know anything about hospice at that point either. And we used hospice and they were a fantastic resource for us. But I needed to talk to mom about using hospice and that it was time for her to start to use this outside help to help make her feel comfortable, to give her the medical attention that she needed, and to give her the other supports that hospice could offer as well. So mom had gone upstairs one afternoon and had barely made it upstairs with a little bit of help from me. And she went into her bedroom. Now, this was a bedroom that she had slept in the entire time that I was alive. And I knew this bedroom as the place where when I was a kid, I used to run into the bedroom. And when I was a teenager, I used to go in and talk to mom when I would get home from soccer practice when she was in that bedroom. And now she was laying in bed and I had to go have a conversation with her about the fact that this was not getting any better. was getting progressively worse and that it was time to start to address some of the things that we needed to as she was approaching the end of her life. So we sat down and we had this very heavy conversation and there were tears and it was difficult. And after we both said what we needed to say and she had agreed that I was going to call hospice, we each reached out and gave each other a big hug, said that we loved each other. There were tears again. And at that point I asked her a very simple question. What can I do at this moment to help make you feel better? All I was trying to do was to try and just get her something that would give her just a little bit, just an ounce of some sort of satisfaction. She had all these symptoms. She had all the the weight of the cancer uh, taking over in her body. And it was just time. It was time to just do something that was kind for, for her. Um, I've joked in the past that I was very glad that when I asked if there was anything I could do for her, she didn't give me a demand that I couldn't meet. Um, I was probably not going to be able to find, um, diamonds or a cruise to Italy at that point that was going to be able to fulfill what I was hoping she would ask for, um, At that point, she had started to have this really difficult problem with a scratchy throat. And I'm sure there's a ton of people out there who could tell you all the medical um, either language or reasons behind why she was having this difficulty. But in her final weeks and her final days, uh, her throat was just incredibly dry. So we had started to find ways to see if you know we could get her to just drink more. She was not eating as much. Her appetite had certainly gone down. So we were trying to find ways to get her to eat as well and trying to make it as easy as possible for her. So one thing that she said that she had a problem with was her, her throat and that being dry. So we had landed on a milkshake as something that might be um, good for her. So it was cold. So it was going to ease sort of the scratchiness that she had in her throat, but also we could pack some calories into it and give her just a little bit of a, a boost as well. And hopefully give her just a little bit of energy. So I went downstairs. Uh, it was my girlfriend then turned wife at the time who uh, I had uh, talked with and told her what the conversation was. And she gave me a big hug and we talked for a couple of minutes and then we started making a milkshake for mom. So... Um, put the ice cream in, put the milk in. Uh, At that point, we were trying to figure out if we could sneak other calories in there and sneak other nutrients in there to try and help again, give mom that little bit of energy, give her a little bit more pep and a little bit more fight. Um, So we were throwing almond butter and milkshakes at times. And these were just the types of things that had sort of come in the final weeks where we were trying to determine um, what would be best for mom. So, Put the milkshakes in two plastic cups. I remember one was sort of a neon yellow. One was blue. We had flexi straws at home with a little bendy uh, at the top. So uh, put the straws in, carry the milkshakes up the stairs. And I handed mom the milkshake and she you know, took the first sip and said that it just tasted great and that it made her feel better. I, of course, had a milkshake. I'm an ice cream lover lover and there was ice cream to be had. So sure, why not? I'll have a milkshake as well. So the ice cream tasted better to me too. And the milkshake tasted better to me because um, in that moment, there was a ton of stress and there was a ton of chaos happening around us. It was nice to sit and not think about that for a few minutes and just enjoy a nice cold milkshake. But in that moment, mom and I had done something that we hadn't done for a few weeks And that was have a conversation that we hadn't had in a while. One of our natural conversations. And I honestly, to this day, don't remember what that conversation was about. I don't remember what we discussed. I don't remember the topic. I could take a guess. We always talked about Philadelphia sports teams. We talked about um, sort of the world around us. Um, We would talk about work. We would talk about... Uh, family. We would talk about all these things around us. So it was probably one of those things. We had talked so much about cancer though, and all the symptoms that mom was having and all the things that were happening to her, that it was nice to not talk about those things for once. And I remember mom laughing a couple of times in that conversation. Now mom hadn't been laughing at all. She was in so much discomfort and so much pain and feeling so many effects of the cancer winning inside of her body, that it felt good to be natural again. It's the last moment I really remember where we were natural around each other. In the coming weeks, mom was on medications and wasn't 100%. Certainly her condition had continued to deteriorate all the way until her last day. And it just wasn't the same. But in that moment, I remember mom's laughter the most. That's what I remember from drinking that milkshake with her. And it made me think once mom was gone, it made me think more and more about what that moment served as. And it was so much more than just that escape in the moment. It wound up being our flag in the ground moment to say that cancer wasn't going to win for that moment. Cancer wasn't going to continue to take over in mom's body. Cancer wasn't going to continue to consume all of our thoughts. We were going to be us for a little bit, and cancer was going to be in the background, way in the background. And it was a moment that I smile about because it really gave me some comfort and still gives me some comfort that mom was thinking the same thing. We never had a conversation about shaking cancer or what it meant or my thoughts about it. But I would think that mom would smile when she hears me talk about it because I would think that it was the same moment for mom. And then I started to think about how shaking cancer fits into the lives of others and others who I've had conversations with about this disease and the things that they've had happen in their lives. And When I was thinking about that, I started to think that a lot of us have the same story. We don't necessarily share how difficult cancer can be in our lives. We don't share the more difficult stories about the conversations that we have to have, like the conversation about, mom, your condition's not getting any better and we should call hospice and we need to start to get some things in order. And I think it's very, I, I would say that it's normal for us to not share these stories. These are really difficult stories to share, but a lot of us have them. A lot of us have these experiences where we don't know what to do and there's no playbook for what to do. Sure, there are experts. And we can use the experiences of others who we have talked with and who have shared their stories. We can always go online and we can try and figure out what to do next. But cancer very much doesn't give you that playbook on what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Like I said earlier, I don't know what cancer's impact will be on my own personal health. I have maybe a jaded view that it will cause some problem in my body at some point and sort of expect it in a lot of ways. But I never knew how I was going to react when dad was diagnosed with cancer or when mom was diagnosed with cancer. There was no playbook. There was nothing waiting for me on a table that said, this is what you should do now as the youngest son of dad or mom. And this is what you should do in this situation when you're in your early 20s, in your late 20s, or any other age. So the way that we battle back against cancer is really not a clear indication of what we should do. It's confusing to try to put it into words at times because Sometimes it feels like it's not important. Sometimes it just feels like everyday life. There are some of us who just want to continue to go about day to day and forget that cancer even exists. There are some of us where it's all consuming and cancer is everything in our lives. I've been on both of those paths, again, from the experience that I've had with mom and dad. I've had times where all I thought about was cancer. I've had times where I haven't thought about Cancer at all. I have the same reactions that a lot of people have whenever I hear the word cancer or I hear someone's been diagnosed, either close to me or a celebrity or as a sports fan, as a, you know, when a a Hall of Fame athlete is diagnosed with cancer or dies from cancer, I have the same reaction. I'm angry in a way, I'm frustrated that there's no way to stop that. And I'm disappointed that that person who had that life now doesn't have that life anymore because of this disease that is so difficult to try to understand. In the moments that I had with mom, it was difficult to try to understand what cancer was in our lives and the impact it was having in our lives. Sure, at the surface, it was, it's killing mom it's taking away everything inside of her. It's taking away her brain, it's taking away her physical, it's taking away everything that she had planned for the later years of her life. But it takes away so much else around it. It takes away the strength of those who are so close to mom and it takes away the strength of those who are distant and hear about mom and may also only know about mom, may have only ever met her once or twice, may not have seen her in 20, 30 years. It has that type of impact. That's how powerful cancer is. And we can fight it with the treatments and the research that's being done. We can fight it in the way of charity walks and things that I've been a part of in my life and people who I know have been a part of and and are on a daily basis and find ways to fight back against this disease we raise money, we have support groups. We do all of these things, but sharing our stories, to me, winds up being the thing that can be the most powerful because it gives us a moment where we can come together in a space where your first instinct is to not come together at times. Your first instinct is to not share these stories about everything that's happening because it's deeply personal and I can understand that. And I would understand why people would never want to share a story. I want to share my story of that milkshake moment with mom because it still brings a smile to my face to this day. It helps me remember mom. It helps me remember mom in such a great way. And it helps me remember mom without this cloud of what cancer did to her and the impact that it had on her life and those around her. So every November 30th on her birthday for dinner, I have a milkshake and every January 19th, which was the day that she passed for dinner, I have a milkshake. She would tell you probably that that's just an excuse for me to not cook those two nights. I would tell you that it's my way of remembering mom And remembering her for all the good things and all the positives that she brought to my life and all the positives that she brought to the life of others as well that's the idea behind shaking cancer is that i'm hoping that my story and that story with mom and that story about how we fought back against cancer if only for a moment while she was sitting on the edge of a bed and I was sitting on the floor with my back up against a nightstand, both drinking milkshakes out of straws that a four-year-old would drink milkshake out of in neon plastic cups. I'm hoping that that will help us to begin to share our stories about cancer and give us a little bit of strength in our fight against this disease, again, no matter what the impacts are. For those of you who are battling cancer now, or know someone who is battling cancer. I'm hoping this serves us a little bit of support. I'd love to hear your stories and let's begin to share those stories so that we can help to shake cancer. This has been the Shaking Cancer Podcast. Follow us at Shaking Cancer on Facebook and Twitter and we are Shaking Cancer at Instagram. Reach out to us to share your stories at shakingcancer at gmail.com. By sharing our stories, we are shaking cancer.